Georgie. What a nice boat. Do you want it back? Um, yes, please. Look like a nice boy. Do you want a balloon to a Georgie? I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. Oh, well, I'm Pennywise the dancing clown. Now we aren't strangers, are we? I should get going now. Oh, without your bow? It is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more. Exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of numbskulls, Jamie Sammons. I, 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 I like it. Dan Chase. I love fucking you guys, dude. Yo, and Alex Edwards. Yeah, asshole. Woo! You are now entering the bone zone. Welcome back to a spooktacular edition of the Skeleton Crew, where we review classic Universal monster movies. Yes, guys, you heard them already. It's Dan Chase. Hey, you ready for this wacky wild review? (laughs) (laughs) And we are joined by Jamie Sammons. And our special guest host from Kill the Cast and the Married with Children podcast, Jerry Herring. I'm back. Again, <laughs> and and special is being very nice about it. <laughs> and I'm Alex, and we are back. It is October, and we are doing the classic Skeleton Crew Universal Monster Classic Reviews. Bringing it back, 2013 we did this, and it was some of the best times we ever had for people who love these movies, which is a niche audience, we realize that, but for those people... They really, really liked uh, when we did this because most people don't really talk about these movies and it's fun to like (laughs) get into these types of movies and uh, it's just good stuff. And Jerry's one of the people who liked it. So uh, that's why you wanted to be on here, right, Jerry? Yeah, pretty much. Those are my favorite shows. That only leaves six other listeners if Jerry is on the show. (laughs) Don't don't worry. I'll re-listen to the episode. (laughs) A few times. Yep, we're back to seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jerry, these are your favorite shows of the Skeleton Crew? Yes, I'm a huge fan of the Universal Classics, and I'm a huge fan of when Alex forces everyone to watch these movies. Mm-hmm. And, and force uh, me, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, we just forced Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I don't think true. anybody enjoys it more than me, too, though, because watching these fucking things is so much fun. Like, I told you guys how much fun I had watching The Invisible Man, but I may have had just as much fun watching these ones. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's the thing, too. Like, I, 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 
there's there's definitely a progression where I was just making fun of him in the very beginning, and now I, I really do like him. I'm still gonna fucking I'm still gonna rip the shit out of him. Don't get me wrong, but they're hilarious to watch in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Hey, da- hey, Dan. Do, do you like when creatures swipe at lanterns? <laughs> fuck that! Fuck that! Fuck that! Fuck, fuck this that too. shit! Yeah, fuck this too. Fuck exactly. This too. Uh, yeah when dan gets off the floor and he wipes the tears away from his eyes he continues to take notes then hop on and review these movies no i take those tears and use them for something else well don't do any of that here but uh just to let everybody know as you all know the skeleton crew has i think two or three more shows left until we lock the dungeon doors for the final time and uh you know we've been going for five and a half years and we are wrapping things up on Halloween night, like we were supposed to, in 2014. But uh, the special thing we're doing is, you know, Cut to the Chase is Dan Chase's show. Um, It's about all you're going to have of Dan um, after we wrap things up here. As you know, I'm on the Marrow with Children podcast. Jamie is on Evil Episodes. ABCs of Hidden Horror, liking it. You know, those shows are established already. Dan just started his this year. So, you know, Dan missed out last week when we went to, rev- or oh, it's maybe two weeks ago now, when we went to review the movie It of 2017. He missed out. He didn't get to watch it. And, you know, a lot of people are dying to hear what he's going to say. And it, he will let everybody know he's going to review it on Cut to the Chase with our buddy here, Jerry. And uh, here's the thing, though. <laughs> These guys are nice enough to send that segment over to the skeleton crew so that you can all get a little taste of what's going on on Cut to the Chase. You can see how good that show is, what Dan's got going on, how he steers the ship, you know, uh, how he brings his vision to life over there. And um, <laughs> you get to hear the 2017 review of It from Dan and Jerry Herring from Kill the Cast and the Marrow Children podcast. So you guys are hanging out. Me and Jamie are going to leave after we review The Black Cat. You two guys are staying to review it. And that should be interesting for people. Um, I know a lot of people were wondering what you guys thought of it. So uh, can't wait to hear it too. So I'm going to tune in myself. Uh, so we'll be right back after this to review Black Cat starring... Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff. Green grass, green grass, blue sky, blue sky, black cats, black cats, yellow eyes, red birds, red birds, blue sky, blue sky, black cats, yellow eyes, white clouds, white clouds, blue sky. The Black Cat from 1943. Wow, you fucked that up. 1934? 1934, yeah. I'm dyslexic. I didn't tell you guys? It was actually Universal's biggest hit of 1934. 
Yeah. Well, well, at least I didn't say 81 or 41 or 66. <laughs> That's true. Because there is a black, because a movie called The Black Cat in all three of those years as well. Actually, we had this discussion because I was uh, seeking this movie out, and Alex goes, no, <laughs> the other one. So He goes, is it this one? I go, no. <laughs> this one? No. This one? No. <laughs> no, it's the one that's extremely close up and cuts off everyone's heads. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't fuck with that one. That was that was my first go-to. I was like, oh, this ain't even workable. Come on, YouTube. <laughs> you could have just hit me up. I could have sent it to you. I like hitting you up for other things, Jerry. I like to keep it compartmentalized. <laughs> yeah, hit him up for that ass. All right, so. <laughs> Slide into the DMs. All right, this is The Black Cat, 1934, starring Bella Lugosi, Boris Karloff, a couple other creepy people, and a guy and a chick. <laughs> and because I don't, I'm not going to name these names because nobody ever knows what we're talking about. So I got the first two. <laughs> This movie is, uh, wow. This is definitely the kind of movie that you should, guys should definitely watch before you just hear this review. I know with the classics, a lot of you say, well, I'm certainly not going to watch it, but I'll listen just to kill time. But, you know, Jamie, uh, and Jerry and Dan, why do you guys think people should watch this movie? Would you say there's something different about this movie, like the whole tone and all that type of stuff? Yeah, it's black and white. Oh, I'm glad you got that out of the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, a, that's it. Yeah, for sure. Because here's the thing with this movie. If you watch this movie and keep in mind that it's 1934 the entire time, this movie is way, way ahead of its time. Yeah. It's dark. Jerry, oh, wicked. Uh, Jerry, I'm glad you said that because that's all I could think of the whole time. Because I'm looking at even the other movies um, that we were watching for the show. And I'm like, wow, this was made in the fucking 34. I'm like, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like this, I, I have really no reference point, but I kept saying to myself, this has to be ahead of its time. Cause I turn on, uh, Turner classics a lot and I see movies from around that time. And this seems like miles ahead. Oh, it's, it's so sinister and dark. And I think what really put, you know, sends that home is that Karloff and Lugosi, are so sophisticated. So what they're doing, it, ju it just makes that all that much darker. Like if it was, I forgot we used this example recently. Uh, oh, with Invisible Man, because Jamie said that the way he sounded so proper, it kind of, we decided to add it to the whole thing because if it was just like uh, like a low life, like slob, Mm -hmm. sounding type guy with the invisible man it just wouldn't have had the same like uh sense of uh darkness <sighs> yeah i mean there's something about the sophistication of a someone doing something wrong as opposed to just like some dirtbag like a lot of the slashers of the 80s or whatever like there's something that's even more dark about it and that's it's well it's like when you have someone of low levels doing something evil you're like well yeah they're dirty they're poor of course they do something evil but when you have someone in a, like, nice, fine, tailored suit doing it, you're like, they're supposed to know better. They're sophisticated. They're supposed to be high society. They shouldn't be doing this You evil. just described Zombies Halloween versus Carpenter's Halloween. Oh, shit. And why, Car and why Carpenter's Halloween is actually scary. Mm. 
Well, the thing is, when you see those people who are sophisticated, they seem capable of more that we don't know of yet, you know? So it's, it's even scarier. Right. Because it's almost yeah. like they're putting on a facade uh, or like a, a cloak. Yeah. Yeah. Incidentally, before people do seek this film out, I want them to not be confused when they start watching it and they're wondering where the Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe story is um, of the same name. Because typically the versions of the black cat that you see are basically tellings of the Edgar Allan Poe story. This is not. It has nothing to do with that. But they actually did use the title just to hmm. garner interest. Like basically it was a cash grab. Which is kind of interesting, you know. Really? They, uh, yeah, they they purposely named it that um, because of the Edgar Allan Poe story, even though it has nothing to do with it. Wow! I wonder if they threw in his phobia of cats before or after that idea. Like, I wonder if they said, "Well, what's this about?" Well, this guy is afraid because his Lugosi's fear of cats really has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, no bear. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes... Except for there's a really dark moment where he actually kills a cat, and that pissed me off right off the bat. I was like, what? <laughs> See, I thought he just... Because you don't actually see it, the actual death happen, but I cool. thought, you know, he just, like, threw something at it or whatever, and then they were like, oh, you killed a cat. I was like, what? What, what, what? Jimmy threw a glass of wine at the TV. I was not happy. <laughs> Yeah, it really has not much to do with a black cat, does it? No, the black cat literally just halts uh, Bela Lugosi from killing Karloff in right. one scene. In one scene, right. Right, where he's going to shoot him. Well, I'm glad they did name it that, because that was the only way we could convince Jamie to watch this. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> she was like, uh, what, cat? What did you say? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's go. And the reason she didn't know which one we were viewing because she happened to watch all the movies called The Black Cat because she's that into it. <laughs> so she didn't know which one we were doing. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, this movie just has a very subdued uh, tone to it. And uh, let's get it out of the way first. I mean, goddamn, the the setting for this movie, the architecture of this house. It's very, very, very Art Deco. Um, which what does that mean? I, um, well, it was a it was a a decorating style that was popular in the 30s, and basically, it's a lot of chrome, a lot of sharp angles, a lot of um, blank space because it's very minimalist. Mm. Uh, so, I was, if you, will, I don't know if anyone will recall this, but when we were talking about Bride of Frankenstein, I brought that up as well because the the castle that they lived in in Bride yes. of Frankenstein on the inside is very Art Deco, which is interesting for a Gothic film. Um, it, it's, that was a, that was an interesting choice, an interesting way for them to go. But here, I mean, if you notice, I actually, I was digging this house because all the door frames are chrome. The, uh, like the, uh, the banister for the stairwell was chrome. Like it was really cool. And I was thinking, wow, why does no one do this anymore? Because it looked badass. I thought. I don't know. Cause they do it. Jerry made his house like that. They do it to their cars. That's true. That's true. Oh, but I, mean, out the I'm just, I was just like looking around going, wow, what could I put? Where could I put chrome in my house? Like I want chrome door frames. <laughs> I think it looks awesome. But um, it was very it's very distinctive. Uh, it also looks very high end. Yeah. yeah. There's even like a chrome chess set. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that chess set. Oh, my God. Like, I wonder what kind of job Karloff has that he could afford this because he built that house. 
on the uh, well, I guess we should get into that because that's sort of a lot of the backstory um, for these characters. So uh, I'll like run it by real quick because a, a lot of people don't pick up on things in movies, especially classics when they're talking. So uh, I'll just run this by everybody in case you missed it. Um, so Lugosi left his wife for the war 18 years ago, um, and he he was like a prisoner of war. So the prison was called Kurgal, and that's the one where he said many go and few returned, and he was there for 15 of those years because the, the war, he was in that for three years. So somehow he lasted 15 years as a prisoner of war. And I also, I think that set him up uh, in, in one little, you know, speech thing of like, he's pretty much a fucking badass. He's, you know what I'm saying? He's like, few have returned. I've returned, bitch. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, oh. pretty, pretty much a statement. And speaking of setups, Dan can't even last 15 seconds. <laughs> you goddamn right. Nope. He never did. Hey, well, I slowed down and everything, but he, he couldn't last. Uh, <laughs> so uh, now Karloff sold uh, like information to the Russians, and that's who they were fighting at the time. Uh, then he left Lugosi and the rest of the platoon or whatever to die. Um, and then he built that house on the ruins of the destruction. And it, it was basically the murder of 10,000 men. And, uh, so he returns to the place of his crimes and then builds a house there. What a dick. <laughs> yeah. And it was so bad that they said the people who died were the lucky ones. Uh, the prisoners of Kurgal had their souls killed slowly. So, you know, you're better off, uh, you know, doing whatever you're doing. So... And Karloff, uh, he he did he was obsessed with uh, Lugosi's wife, as Lugosi claimed, and uh, the daughter. And so the wife, I guess, died uh, of ammonia. And he has these like women in this strange glass case. I don't know what's holding them there. I really never got, I never grasped that whole concept, or why they're exactly as they were when they died. Mm. Um, but he has the wife there, and she's just on display, and I guess she'll always stay that way. And um, and the daughter, he actually hooked up with her and, like, married her. So he's been with Lugosi's daughter. Now, right there, Alex, did anybody else catch the uh, the, the, the Takashi Miike thing with that? Because that's, that's the first thing I thought of was old boy. Okay, old boy is not done by Take. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. Okay, they're all the same to me. Uh, uh, yeah, no, so who did old boy? I'm sorry. Uh, Old Boy was done by Park. That's it's a Korean film, not a Japanese one. Same thing. It's all the same to me. Um, so, <laughs> with that said, though, did anybody else get that vibe from it or no? No. The first thing I thought is, I wonder if she calls him daddy still. <laughs> of course, you thought that. You fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> Karloff told her that Lugosi was killed, so his daughter, Lugosi's daughter, thought that Lugosi's been dead the whole time. So. Uh, that's why, you know, that's what he's been. So even that start, right. Even if you get rid of the war stuff and what Karloff did, uh, it is creepy enough and dark. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, that's one example of how dark this film is. I mean, just all the implications of that, you, you know, just let that roll around in your mind for a minute. And, um, and then the, what ends up with her. Um, holy shit. Like I was just like, God damn. I mean, this, it was brutal. Like this, 
the, this film was brutal. I mean, not, you know, by like hostile standards or anything like that, but just for, for the time period and what we're used to seeing from universal, uh, this is, I mean, I was like, damn, they, they're going there. And, um, it was, it, it was, it was, wow. It was wow. Yeah. There was a scene that Hostel stole from this where he's, uh, he's going for the knife and he, he doesn't choose that one. He chooses the other one that happens in Hostel. So there you go right there. But yeah, no, I totally, I totally got that. Uh, Jamie, uh, for real. Hey guys, I got a question about this movie though. Um, when, when, okay, the first time you guys saw it, when they brought Satan into it, like when he's first reading that book, because I believe that's the first reference to it, too. Yeah, he's reading the part where um, he's going to sacrifice the wife of that couple that is staying there. Right. Now, did that did that interest you guys more? Because that totally added another layer on top of everything that you guys just mentioned. And it really kept me intrigued to see, like, oh, shit, like, this this is not what I thought it was at all. Like, I didn't think they were going there at all. So I, uh, I was definitely that really, just him looking at that book really, like, intrigued me. Like, oh, shit, where the fuck is this going now? Yeah. Wait, I've got something. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jerry. I was going to say, yeah, I, I love the Satan angle. I love uh, satanic imagery and satanic, like, yeah. art in general. So mm-hmm. anytime you can add, like, old school Satan shit in there, I am all for it. Yep. Uh, speaking of that, this is so cool. The satanic prayer that he was reading when he uh, when he was performing the Black Mass mm-hmm. is basically just made up of random Latin phrases. Yep. Really? Like, and uh, I actually I have the translation for what he said, and it's actually kind of funny. Yes, uh, is it? Uh, it's um, with a grain of salt, a brave man may fall, but he cannot yield. To err is human. The wolf may change his skin, but oh, not shit. his nature. Truth is mighty and will prevail. External actions show internal secrets. Remember when life's path is too, is too steep to keep your mind even. The loss that is not known is no loss at all. Heavy thunder. <laughs> <laughs> with, a grain, with a grain of salt, a brave man may fall, but he cannot yield. But, and, so, and then uh, by fruit, not by leaves, judge a tree. Every madman thinks everybody's mad. Who repents from sinning is almost innocent. And that means a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> I was going to say, what, what are they talking about? Uh, really? It just changed my life. They <laughs> sat down. They had they had some Chinese dinner. They started opening fortune cookies and just started <laughs> writing them down. Yeah, they, started, no, they, they taped them end to end and they were like, all right. <laughs> my favorite part is heavy thunder. Heavy thunder. <laughs> yeah, that was mine too. <laughs> So this bus driver is one of the or the the guy who drives them off the I don't know if it's a bus but it's like a big car. Uh the the guy who drives them when the the couple gets off the train with Lagosi, he is one of these assholes who when he's talking to people in the car he turns to look at them. Like do you I have a friend like that and I want to punch him in his fucking face every time he does. I'm like, dude, my reaction is not that captivating. Look at the fucking road, all right? <laughs> well, I want to get where I'm going. Alex, I have people that will literally watch v- fucking videos on their phone while <laughs> driving and I'm like, so I'm literally gripping the fucking side thing that the oh shit bar, I call it. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, that's funny. We always call it the oh shit handle. Oh shit handle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, when they run off the road, he deserves to die. I felt zero sympathy for that guy because what do you expect, dude? You're, you... <laughs> and on top of that, his head got fucking crushed, dude. That thing he did not look good. But but it's funny, too, because they say it after, and they're like, oh, yeah, it was raining, and then the road gave out. No, no. He was fucking <laughs> looking at the fucking road. It Asshole was, was texting. Uh... <laughs> exactly. no. What I love about that is they're like they get out of the wreckage and they're like, oh, he's dead, and they just keep walking. And I'm like, oh, well, they fuck they go back and they grab their bags. Fuck <laughs> that guy! Like we don't care about that guy. Can you roll him off my bag? <laughs> yeah, right? He's bleeding on my bag. It's literally like <laughs> when you're checking out somewhere and the lady's talking about her grandchild, and you're just like. I really don't give a shit. Give me my fucking tea. <laughs> it's like it's like my Halloween movie where I was like, Johnny's uh dead. Hey, let's go in the backyard and uh <laughs> I think there's a bucket back there. Yeah. That I can throw with his fucking head. <laughs> Johnny's uh dead. So uh guys. So uh yeah. Th- this this thing crashes and they walk over and uh, Lugosi knows where Karloff lives. I don't know how. Because I guess he got. He said that Karloff expected him, but is that true? I think he was he lying to his doorman or whatever. He does mention that he's been tracking yeah. Karloff. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. how he found him. But I do not think that Karloff knew he was coming, though. I can't imagine he would allow him to. Right. Uh, you know. Just like, yeah, come on over. You know, let's play some chess and just totally ignore your daughter in my bedroom. <laughs> but see, that's what threw me off, Jamie, because that, like, okay, he's expecting him. I thought there was going to be, like, some sort of reveal where, like, he, you know, he wanted him to come, something. But then yeah. it didn't happen. And even, like, with the chess thing, they're like, oh, shit, they're playing. <laughs> the game ain't checkers, it's chess, motherfucker. Like, he's going to fucking <laughs> one-up them, and it's going to be great. And then that never happened. And I'm like, huh, okay. Just uh, n- not necessarily, like, a criticism of it. It's just where I thought it was going, and it didn't. And I'm like, all right, that just makes him letting them in mighty convenient. And then it, even the dude's introduction when he fir- they first come in his house, and he's mad creepy. Like, he's creepy to begin Yeah, he with. just walks in the bedroom staring at he doesn't say shit, dude, and they're setting him up like, like, like maybe that's his surprise look. I don't know. Like, that's his normal face. That's amazing. <laughs> if you watch Karloff through this movie, he 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 his character just changes. Like right. when he first comes in, he looks so meek and he's looking at the floor like but but as you watch it, you realize he's just trying to figure out what the hell is going on, what the angle is, and what he's going to be able to do. Because right. then when it comes to the chess game, he becomes a complete dick to Peter, which before he was pretty friendly, for Boris Karloff at least. Dr. Vertigast, I feel sure that Mrs. Allison is well enough to go on I to... I beg your pardon, but do you play chess? No. I used to play a very good hand of poker. Well, if you don't mind, I think we'll go on with our game. Yeah, he was a straight dick, and he's like, we're getting back to our fucking game, asshole. Yeah, would you mind? We're playing chess right now, and then, dickhead. And then, but <laughs> he takes chess super seriously, because when he's talking to Bella, he's just like, no, I'm going to whoop your ass in chess. No, seriously, I'm really good. You're going to lose. Like, you can't beat me. Yeah, dude, you've been in prison for 15 years. I've been playing chess. Yeah, yeah and then, he play chess with the fucking words, dude. Like, I don't know. Yeah. How, he's not that smart. He with the with the major. He plays it with the major D. 
Oh, I, I love playing with the Major D. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to quit calling me that. Um, and, What's but, a Major but, D? I mean, uh, not, the, in, not in the context of you guys, oh, but I mean... In, in the Major Domo, uh, who's the caretaker, the servant in this oh, movie, okay. is the See, Major I Domo. Thought- Okay, okay. I thought, so, I thought it was a penis reference. No, no, no I thought it's... he was trying to say Maitre D. And... <laughs> uh, no, no, Major D. It's the uh, Major Domo. I get uh, it. Major D. And then, and, and like Dan, I thought, I thought, I was like, oh, Bella is about to whoop his ass in chess because he's been playing mental chess for 15 years while he gets his nipples ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do in POW. He actually games, uses right? his nipples as uh, pieces on the chessboard. Yeah, exactly. He has multiple. He's just fucking old boy. Told you. Yeah. He was hoisted up like a man called horse. <laughs> <laughs> playing chess with his feet. Still yeah. Up. But yeah. then he Anybody loses and you're like. <laughs> yeah, that was anticlimactic. Jesus, I thought you were going to beat the guy. I thought it wasn't anticlimactic because I was like, oh, shit. Like, Karloff might actually win this entire thing. This might go the way Karloff wants it to go. It's almost like a, um, it's, it's like when they have a, when you're watching a movie nowadays and they have a complete fake out the camera, you think the camera is following the serial killer, but then it's not, it's just fucking Ron getting snacks. Yeah. But Jerry, Jerry, did you pick that up on like first watch? When did you first see this movie? Uh, Oh man, I saw this movie like, Ten years, uh, ago. ten years ago, or something like that. And uh, you thought that when you first saw it. When I first saw it, I was like, "Oh shit, Karloff might have this. Like, this might not go well." It's better Karloff won because if Lagosi won, because we're supposed to—I don't know if anybody realizes this—we're supposed to be on the side of Lagosi. You know, they're both sort of p- dark people, but Lagosi's the better of the two evils, I suppose. So you're supposed to want him to win. So it's only better if things continuously do not work out in his favor. And that way the ending is more satisfying. You know, if he was already on the, on the way on the path to winning at that point, it'd be like, Oh, well, okay. I was, I was going to say, there's only one part in this movie that I've yet to figure out. And that's during the black mass. When the white chick just randomly faints. Right. I didn't figure that out. You don't do anything to set her up as being friends with Bella Lugosi. And even if they could, how the hell would they pull that off? Uh, She just, like, faints. Maybe she thought she was all for this Satan shit. But as soon as it starts going down, she, like, can't handle it. Maybe she just got in over her head. And it just happens to be the inopportune moment. uh, Not inopportune. The opportune moment for Bella to sneak up in there and take... Uh, Mrs. Allison back or something, but that is the one scene where I was just like, okay, well, guys, that was some lazy writing. Uh, yeah, it's like, well, how do we get out of this? I don't know. Some chick faints. They distract everybody. That's and- Chicks fainted a lot back then. That's what I was going to say, Jamie. That's like a fucking 30s trope, yo. It yeah. is. I mean, yeah. I, I actually remarked to Brian. I'm like, damn, bitches were fainting like crazy <laughs> back then if you pay attention to the movies. Yeah. Um. I have never once in my life fainted, nor have I known anyone who has. So you know. Right. Of course, I. We also don't wear corsets either. And- <laughs> yeah, you can't breathe. Yeah, I can't believe Karloff put so much attention to that because it's like, I mean, if someone fainted now, it's a huge deal. If someone fainted back in the 30s, it's like Tuesday. 
Yeah, but you know why? <laughs> Electrolytes, dude. They didn't have Gatorade back then. That's that why. is true. It's, it's what plants, plants crave. crave. Yeah, exactly. But in terms of like the the good bad thing, I totally sided with the dude for sure. But here's the thing, I think, which is also not necessarily a trope, but just they weren't ready for it yet, right? Like movies are dark, dark earth today because you know they got pretty much nowhere to go. But movies back then, I feel like yeah, they can go as dark as they want as long as they have a happy ending, right? Or a somewhat happy ending. So, like, that's why I knew this guy was going to prevail in the end. Well, it's even it's even not a happy ending in a way. Not no, really. Not really, but... And, you know, what I think is interesting is that you brought up the, you know, oh, by the way, we're supposed to be backing Lugosi. It's, I mean, it's interesting that you say that because when we're first watching the film, yeah. I thought he was going to be... Um, like I thought he was going to be like the sinister guy. Like when we first when we first got to the house, I didn't trust him at all. Right. And then we start to it starts to uncover like what the actual story is and what's going on, and we get to know each of them. And I'm like, oh shit! I mean, like it, basically, it's like the lesser of two evils though, because he's right. no saint. No. And yeah. then, um, and then, but he's actually trying to help this couple, dude. Just pops a cap right in his ass and the woman's right. like oh no he was trying to help us and i'm like damn i know <laughs> like dude pay attention i mean he just he just walked in and he's like oh i'm gonna shoot this motherfucker and i'm like oh my oh my god you just wow uh just i didn't a cap in his ass <laughs> he did he just capped his ass and i didn't see that coming either so it uh it you know that's that was also very dark i mean this guy like when we get to that point i was thinking Lugosi's a good guy. He's right. going to, because at that point or before that, I was like, he's going to rescue his daughter. Well, nope, that went down the drain. You know, I was like, okay, well, he's going to get some revenge. <laughs> well, not really. I mean, it was just. <laughs> yeah, damn, like what dude, happened? Dude was fucked. He didn't even get to uh, filet uh, or filet, F-L-A, <laughs> filet Karloff. He says he's going to do it. And all of a sudden, fucking all this other shit starts happening. So I was like, what the hell? Do you know what I'm going to do to you now? No. Did you ever see an animal skin, Hjalmar? <laughs> That's what I'm going to do to you now. Fell the skin from your body. Slowly. Bit by bit. He got interrupted and then... Right. Uh, so he didn't even get to do that. No, and or save his daughter or live. <laughs> it was like, what the? F or live. <laughs> or live or any of that. Now, do you guys think in the beginning when he first opened the door because he looked so tired, do you think he just busted a nut in that dude's daughter? That's why he looked so out of it. Mm -hmm. it <laughs> I was like, didn't even have to think about that. No, but that, that makes sense now. Like, because they were sleep. Have? Yeah, wouldn't you? Well, I, yeah, I'm just saying, I think that's probably why he was just a little uh, sedated and subdued. Oh, yeah. And who would have thought that Dracula was taller than Frankenstein? When they stood yeah. right up to each other, I was like, what the fuck? Man, he might, what the, what he was Frankenstein wearing high heels and they just never panned down or something? Well, yeah, he was. He was wearing shoes with lifts on them. They were pretty stacked. Oh my now, God. I, now, I got a question, guys. Now, these were like the OGs of horror, but th these guys, did they, did they do a lot of movies out of horror? Like, they were the fucking, they were the cream of the crop as far as uh, uh, this was concerned. But Boris Karloff did. He, okay. did a, he did do a lot because he was doing movies well before uh, he got the horror roles. Right. Uh, he was just kind of a bit character. Uh, okay. But as for Bella, 
Bella was doing uh, theater and stage performing, so he had not done like a lot of movies before Dracula. Okay. Well, he actually, right. he... and that you, it shows in his performances. You can tell that he's a stage actor. I think. Oh, I and and let's talk about their deliveries real quick. Do you guys notice that no one on Earth behaves or delivers lines like that? Two of these people. Like, yes. it's it's otherworldly. That's what makes this movie so amazing. Like, yes, it would be cool to see a remake of this movie for sure. You know, I would like to see uh, sort of an updated version as long as they keep that house sort of the same way. But, but the thing is, I wouldn't want to let go of Lugosi or Karloff because there's, they just don't – you'd never f- see people delivering – lines like that like they just don't behave or talk like that and even some things they say when he shows due to his room to alex he says something i forget what exactly what it is but he's like thank you and he just like walks out and it's very odd it's like people don't act that way <laughs> right. and i think it's everything though everything adds to it that the time that it was made uh uh you know just that otherworldly feeling uh you know is uh, uh there's a lot of attributes that 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 lead to that well, how about when he's fondling the girl's hair and the guy wakes up and looks at him touching his wife's hair and he goes, please pardon me, it's, <laughs> you know, or whatever he says, please excuse this or that. The other thing. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just uh, I miss my wife or something like can you imagine if you're like running your hand. That up That doesn't a- make it better. <laughs> like if I saw a hot chick in a miniskirt and I'm running my hand up her thigh and then the guy looks at me like, oh, sorry, dude, I just really miss my wife. And she's uh, been gone. I've been away for a while. Alex would be like, have at it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's your problem nowadays. You don't respect war heroes. He's been through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's about to be through your wife. <laughs> And see, I'm just I'm picturing that scenario and I'm picturing the guy if it were Brian and uh, <laughs> I'm picturing the guy getting out saw before he just punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't get past that. No, I ain't going to fly. See, Brian, in the name of Cthulhu, I punish you. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about the infamous scene that Jamie loves so much. So they're having a toast. They're drinking whiskey. Uh, I'm not sure if it was bird dog whiskey or not, but I, it could have been. But uh, <laughs> no, it's an old reference. Uh, they're drinking whiskey, and a cat crosses the hallway, and Lugosi just hurls like a knife at it and kills it, and nobody has reaction of any real kind. They don't give a damn. You'd think they were Italian. <laughs> and I think it's it's explained later. I mean, we can't understand why Mr. Allison. He he was a little startled, I suppose, but you wonder why Lugosi seemingly doesn't care that his, his cat was just murdered. All right, you're switching Lugosi and Karloff. But you said it was Lugosi's cat. Oh, I said it was his cat? Oh. Yeah, it's Karloff's cat. Because our listener, the listeners aren't going to watch the movie, so we might as well explain to them. <laughs> yeah, I must get it right when I talk about it. I noticed that, too. I just wasn't going to be an asshole. Oh, well, now I'm more of an asshole. Thanks. Never correct me, Jerry. <laughs> We've had wrong shows for five years. We're going to leave it that way. Actually, no, it's it's more like less me wanting to be an asshole and more me fearing for my life. Alex is scary. <laughs> I just might throw, I throw, might throw a knife at you. He's all like nice as shit on Married with Children. No, he yanks on my chain and like I, I have to be careful what I say. Yeah, I go, don't correct me. Strange about the cat. Joan seemed so curiously affected when you killed it. 
That was coincident, I think. However, certain ancient books say that the black cat is the living embodiment of evil. And that that evil enters into the nearest living thing. It is the black cat does not die. Those same books, if I'm not mistaken, teach that the black cat is deathless. Deathless is evil. It is the origin of the common superstition of a cat with nine lives. So, Lugosi has this strange-looking servant. He has this odd oriental look, but he's obviously not. And he has this fucking weirder haircut. Who look? He has the haircut. You ever see the Munchkins in the Wizard of Oz? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ever see their hair? Like, the way it's fucking, like... <laughs> There was that little weird guy on Happy Days who had it too. Remember him? The little fucking yeah guy. Oh, I know who you mean, but he was on Laverne and Shirley. Same thing. <laughs> well, he did make an appearance or two on Happy Days. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, my bad, yeah. Twiggy. Twiggy. Yeah, yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, Twiggy. Twiggy yeah, Ramirez. Lin- Linny and Twiggy. <laughs> yeah, the Marilyn Manson guy. <laughs> he had a weird haircut too. He used to shave like the front of his head or something. It was... Yeah, he was on Happy Days, and then he was on The Wonder Years, right? Or no, that was Young Manson, right? Yeah. <laughs> As Paul. So, uh, like I said, Lugosi's wife is floating in that, that case. She died of ammonia two years after the war. You see, Beatus, I have cared for her tenderly and well. You will find her almost as beautiful as when you last saw her. She died two years after the war. Oh. Pneumonia. She was never very strong, you know. And the child, our daughter, dead. And why is she? Why is she like this? Is she not beautiful? I wanted to have her beauty always. I loved her too, Vetus. Lies. All lies, Yalmar. You killed her. You killed her as I am about to kill you. And then Karloff tells Lugosi that his daughter died as well, which we all know is bullshit. Uh, he's fucking her instead. <laughs> and... <laughs> So then this goddamn cat comes back, which that's when Jamie started falling in love with the movie. And yep. uh, he he scares – because once uh, Lugosi sees his wife in the case, he's fucking furious now because the guy just told him he has no idea. He's like, you're mad, Lugosi. You, I never did anything. That's exactly what he said. You're mad, Lugosi. He's like, uh, we have names in this movie, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you imagine we said that? And that he was going to shoot this guy right there, and this goddamn cat shows up, and Lugosi goes into this weird fit. <laughs> so <laughs> that does not happen. Uh, <laughs> He's just scared of pussy, dude. The war. Well, this is a question I have, and I think that this is this is correct, but I just want because if it is, then this movie is even darker and even twisteder. Wow, we're all inventing words then, tonight. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing the idea is because he says he really did love her. Uh, Karloff says, you know, he really loved her. So 
he took the dude's wife. I'm guessing he was banging the wife mm-hmm. and like in love with her. And then when she died, he just took a younger version. Next in line, baby. With, Next in line. <laughs> with the daughter. It was like I got ticket number 38, ticket number 38. Um, I, that is. That is so many more levels of creepy. Well, you know, they say this was the most influ- in, uh, influential movie that Woody Allen ever saw. Oh, <laughs> Jerry. Sonny, Sonny. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like this girl's, uh, and uh, what's really weird is that they're both named Karen. Like, how fucking, like, I thought I was, yeah, like, okay. misunderstanding. Oh, something. that really fucked me up. I yeah. got a question. Why is there no females with the, with the junior senior on the end? If her name is Karen, like, I assume you're going to give her the name of the, the mother. You might as well give her the middle name also. So wouldn't she be like Karen blah, 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 Lagosi Jr.? Why do we not give females the junior name? They might not do the middle no, name not, thing. I'm not talking to you, Alex. I'm talking to the smart one, Jamie. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I, would assume, I would assume it's because women's names change uh, traditionally. Uh, once we get married, our, our names change, so it would no longer be the same. And men would be juniors and see, you know, juniors and thirds and et cetera, because they are actually carrying on the family name. Well, you could have added <laughs> after the junior could have been Karen, blah, 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 Lagosi, Junior, Karloff. I guess you could. Well, we know who's the dumb one now. Probably because, I mean, and I'm just being dead serious is the best I can come up with. Women traditionally just don't get, didn't get the respect and the, we didn't get that, those, you know, titles. Women and cats, no respect. Dude, I don't give a fuck. I mean, <laughs> I honest, I have no complaints right now. So well, they have all these exotic names and then I'm it's like saying- Karen. <laughs> Did you just say Karen is an exotic name? No, no, I'm saying all the other names in the movie are, and then you get to her, and it's like, wah, wah, wah. And all I could think of is Ray Liotta and Goodfellas. Karen, that's all the money Russian. we have. I'm sorry, they would have found it. That's a, I, that's a good point. I actually want to bring up, I have a, ch- uh, a checklist for Universal Classic Movies. There's always four things involved. And one of them is, it's always at some point in Europe. Karen and Peter are the only people with normal names. Everyone else is like Vetus and Polzig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what Dan just said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be- it is because all these universal class movies, they all take place in Europe. Like Dracula is the only one that ev- eventually makes it to America. So on my four checklists, there's at some point it's in Europe. At some point, characters do something that involves seeing their shadows. Mm. Uh, three, there's choking. Four, there's hunchbacks. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> Shit, now I forgot what my fourth one was. Uh, That's okay. We don't have time for that anyway. So Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing that makes it cool about being in Europe is that, again, it seems otherworldly because it's just not as interesting if it's in, like, Wyoming. Like, there's something cool about this distance in these movies, and it, it gives it an eerier and creepier feeling. And just the the architecture, not obviously not to just this odd house, which is uh, an Austrian architect uh, type vibe, but just the whole the the, the distance. It kind of, and that's how Lugosi and Karloff sell it too. Like that odd acting and the distance of it and the the settings, it all works together. So it has to be this way. Also, we just don't have the history that Europe does. We don't have the 
the time. So a lot of these stories are steeped in folklore or, you know, have something ancient behind them. And we're just too young for that. To be fair, America does have the history. It's just we murdered it all. Yeah, we just wiped it out. We wiped the state clean. We were like, "Fuck that past shit." Like as soon as we well, got a lot of a lot of the like a lot of the the stories that these are ultimately based on are from folklore that is European or or you know elsewhere even. But you know, a lot of that stuff isn't you know it's not Native American folklore. So. <laughs> You know what I got from this movie, too? It's, <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that. Dude. Uh, but it's with this, um, it, it's a very secluded feel because a lot of it takes place inside. And I'm thinking that's too for like the budget because it seemed like everything outside was very big and grand, like even the train scene. And then <laughs> when the fucking guy falls off the cliff there, it just it seems like they're in the middle of nowhere. And then when you get to the house and then you don't really leave the house, uh, ever really do you? Uh, they try, but the phone doesn't work. The fucking car doesn't work. The fuck, fucking work stops them. Yeah, they're playing chess. <laughs> yeah, we're playing chess. <laughs> I always got the sense though, because I don't even think there's any establishing shots of way of like an out. Maybe there is uh, one or two, but I just feel like this house is in the middle of fucking nowhere. I would have, yeah, I would have liked. Did, did we see the outside of the house? Don't think so, dude. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't no. think so. I think. They had the accident. They started walking, and the next thing you know, they were like on the doorstep. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, that was good thing they crashed close by. <laughs> yeah, you never see it. It's like uh, it's like Stephen Marcy's house. Uh, yeah, where's the front door to that house? Exactly. So, uh, so uh, the the Karloff pulls a Jerry, and he's looking down at girl's uh, cleavage <laughs> when she's in her nightgown, and she she looks at him and buttons it up. <laughs> That was so, and I was like, honey, if you only knew. <laughs> Car- like we said, Lugosi says to Karloff, he, Lugosi realizes that Karloff wants to keep Mrs. Allison there for this satanic ritual, but uh, he says, so I'll play chess for her. And I think the only reason Karloff agreed to it is because he knew he'd win and there was nothing at stake here. Right. Uh, the couple wants to leave, but uh, like we said, the when the cops show up, they're riding bicycles and shit, so they can't. I, I'm fucking walking. Like, I'm walking out the door with the cops, and right. that's it. Well, at that point, they didn't realize that they were in danger or that they would not be able to leave. They He knew something was up. Uh, that's why he wanted to leave so quickly. I mean, he was like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Like, he uh, he felt. Something was out of whack. I right. Think. But I guess he thought he'd be able to, I suppose. Otherwise, you're right. He would have went with the cops. I would have. I'd be mean, like, all right, I'm walking out the door with the police. And then once I get out there, I'm just I'm just hauling ass. But because um, the whole time I'm sitting here while we're watching the movie, I'm sitting here going, just walk. Just walk. You know, because he's <laughs> like, oh, the, you know, walk. car won't work. Oh, the train doesn't come till later. Oh, there's no phone. I'm like, fucking walk. Yeah. <laughs> you just walked from a wrecked fucking car Get out of there. to walk up the street. Well, Jamie, it does come to that. He tries to, and then that strange-looking servant with the oriental white person's face, he, like, chokes him out and, like, knocks him out or something. I think he chokes him. The wife faints, 
and they take the husband to this odd room where it's like it spins and it spins to the point where there's a door now and then they spin it so you don't see a door uh yeah what was up with that dude was that to imply that like we're moving the door because clearly it wasn't the door that was moving it was the room behind it i think that was trying it was like it looked like something from the price is right dude but it was they were trying, <laughs> they were trying <laughs> like what's behind fucking door number one but like it was so fucked up because i think they were trying to give the illusion deal <laughs> exactly yeah those hot checks yeah, so I don't know. That was that whole thing was weird, dude. Because the room behind was definitely moving, not the other way around. I thought the walls of the inner part of the room were moving. Maybe that too. I I don't know. I don't it was know. strange. But to add to what we were saying earlier about them getting out, though, when they finally do, they couldn't have been that far away from civilization because they walked two feet out the door and then a fucking car came. <laughs> like it took them two seconds, dude. Yeah, I guess a lot of people built houses on that property of the dead thousands of dead people <laughs> with the fucking with the with the collapsing fucking roads child i hope you're not afraid of me where is peter what have you done with him i surely you don't think was i your servant who struck him down where is he where is he please child listen to me we are all in danger Pulsing is a mad beast, I know. I know, I've seen the proof. He took Karen, my wife, murdered her, and murdered my child. And you let him live? I wait my time. It shall be soon. Very soon. Until then, I must do his bidding. That is why you, my servant, obeys him. Did you ever hear of Satanism, the worship of the devil, of evil? Approaching is the great modern priest of the ancient cult. And tonight, dark of the moon, the rites of Lucifer are celebrated. And if I'm not mistaken, he intends you to play a part in that ritual. A very important part. <gasps> Dear child, be brave. No matter how hopeless it all seems. So now we get to Jerry's favorite part, the satanic uh, devil worship stuff. So Karloff is a modern priest. And tonight, uh, the dark of the moon rites of Lucifer are celebrated. Uh, Karloff intends the wife of that couple to play a part of the ritual. And uh, the servant is... You know, once this girl faints, like we talked about, we have no idea what that's all about, but it totally distracts Karloff and everybody else. And uh, Lugosi goes in there, takes Miss Allison off the off the cross or whatever that was, and runs off with her. This servant of Lugosi, this strange Chinese-looking guy, he is willing to die for Lugosi, and it's really strange because... First, he gets shot, which is, you know he's going to get shot as he's approaching this guy. Cause it, that's all that could happen, and it did. And then he still fights this guy. And then Lugosi's not even he, – he couldn't be less concerned about the guy. And then, uh, you know, he falls. Lugosi could care less. He, he leaves the room. And then this guy helps Lugosi again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you're really loyal to a guy who couldn't give a fuck about you. I'm assuming that uh, the guy was either 
in the war with with them, and he's an old war buddy. He just happened to be one who, lucky enough, didn't get caught. Or maybe Karloff fucked this dude over in some other way, and him and Lugosi just somehow ended up getting together, but that doesn't really make sense to me. But I gotta assume this guy had to be some kind of, like, involved in the war somehow. Yeah, I guess they only got to his hair. Yeah. <laughs> they left him alive, though. <laughs> Maybe maybe he wanted to fuck dude's daughter and uh, he couldn't. Yeah. Who are you? I've never seen you before, have I? No, I I don't think you have. I'm Karin, Madame Pulsing. Karen? Not Karen Verdegast? Yes. Yes, how did you know my name? Well, I... I know your father. Oh, no. You are mistaken. My father died in prison. Her Pulsing married my mother. She died when I was very young. And he married you? You're his wife? Yes. Karen, listen to me. Your father's not dead. I know. I know he's here in this very house. He's come for you. Karen, do you understand me? Your father has come for you. So when she told him his daughter was alive, she didn't know it, but she was already Already dead. dead. Right. Uh, Yeah. So can you believe that? So think about the logistics of this. Karloff has all the power. It's his house. He is always on top of shit, it it seems. And he is banging a chick who has to be 30 years younger than him. That is the hottest thing ever. And he still (laughs) kills her instead of... Telling her to lie, going ahead and just killing Lugosi and going back to his normal life. Mm. Dude, do you know how many hot young bitches you pull when you when you fuck with Satan? Tons. <laughs> he ain't yeah. worried about her. He's going to get another. Yeah. There's one already passed out on his floor. But he seems obsessed with these two <laughs> characters. Yeah, right. He's already... Yeah, he, he does. Yeah, he's got her all – he's got her mother all tourist trapped up in her in the, in his basement. Well, yeah, he can go and he can go and bang that anytime he wants. You know what's interesting though is this is how much I got it. I get into this movie is when I was watching it. The and Miss Allison's like, you know, your your father or no, your daughter is alive. She's in this house or whatever she said. I was like, oh, he didn't kill her. You know, yay, she's still alive. And then we find out, no, no, she's she's yeah. fucking dead. She Two minutes later. It. And I was like, God damn it. Like, I was really excited because I, it made me sad that he killed her. I'm like, what? Why? She didn't even do anything. You no, know, I she mean, just she just learned knowledge. I mean, he told her to stay in the room, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. Oh, it is. Think what happens if you leave the dungeon. <laughs> Yeah, we've already been down that road. Yeah. <laughs> you, you already know what happens then. But at least you didn't kill me. Yet. Yet. Uh, yeah, guys, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing, so do not read books. Uh, books are for idiots. I mean, <laughs> you can learn everything you need from a movie or a date. 
That's the, that's the <laughs> yeah, lesson of the no, day. No problem hey, on this side. <laughs> hey, hey, Alec, why read books when you can learn everything from movies and dates? Exactly. Books are for idiots, guys. <laughs> now, the servant, like I said, helps Lugosi capture Karloff. They put him in this thing where his hands are you know, up and, and chained in these cuffs. So he's just standing there with his hands up and, you know, like bolted to Looking the ceiling. Looking ripped. Looking just fucking stacked over here. Of course Jerry would say that. <laughs> it's true, though. He, he true. counts the amount of peanuts he eats. <laughs> like, holy shit, Carlo. He counts them in his shit. <laughs> so uh, he says... Lugosi said he's gonna flay this guy. God, I can't say it. Do you know what I'm going to do to you now? No. Did you ever see an animal skin, Hjalmar? <laughs> That's what I'm going to do to you now. Fair the skin from your body. Slowly. Bit by bit. His body, he's going to skin him alive like an animal. And the look in Karloff's face, like, oh, shit, my life just got really shitty. Mm-hmm. It's really eerie because Karloff just has these strange eyes that are like, they seem to be to just glow. And they convey everything that he, his character is supposed to convey just with looking, just at looking at someone or something. It's pretty amazing how... What an actor. Like, how lucky are we as horror fans that we have something, someone like that in these fucking movies? Like, can you imagine a regular guy doing all these other roles like Frankenstein and fucking well, in this and all the other hundreds? You mean like if somebody like Glenn Strange were to play the monster? <laughs> exactly. I was going to go with Brendan Fraser, but yeah, Glenn Strange, that would be good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The husband uh, of the couple shoots Lugosi for absolutely no reason when he's just helping Miss Allison. Uh, So he gets shot. That, you know, it's kind of disappointing as a viewer. So Lugosi earlier, I forgot to mention that the house, uh, apparently when Karloff built the house, the foundation he built it on was where in that war that was fought there, that's where they stored, like, Guns, and you can even see this strange like map that uh, Lugosi walks into and breaks at one point. It's like a, <laughs> when he gets scared of the cat. <laughs> yeah, it's like a glass map of some or something. And then, but in this uh, downstairs foundation, for some reason, all the bombs and shit, like the TNT and all that, is still there. Like Karloff just left it there, and not only did he leave it there, but he he put a, a, a whole thing where you could pull a lever, press a button and a timer and it'll connect to the fucking dynamite and blow the house up. Like, I don't know why he would have rigged that, but what, what, you don't have one of those bro in your fucking map room. We're actually getting one installed in about two years when I get the money. Oh, nice. So this will be when the, when the crew's over, when the crew's over, we'll fucking move the maps into the dungeon. You know what? I'm going to make one. I'm going to make a fake one and put it on the wall. Mm-hmm. And then so when people come over, they'll be like, yeah. should I pull that? Self-destruct pull button. That lever? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's better, than, 
How many people pull it out of curiosity? <laughs> now, this movie is done. Now, uh, real quick, all these weird Universal movies have this, like, they always have this, like, odd, supposed happy or cheerful, whatever fuck that is supposed to be ending. So this movie is no exception. So they're on the, they're on a train, Mr. and Mrs. Allison, and the husband wrote a mystery, and the critics said it was good but not believable. Now, I, I don't, because I'm slightly dumb. Slightly. Slightly is it? Did he write about his? Yes, I assumed. Okay, yes. so yeah. the joke is that this movie is unbelievable. Nobody's yes. gonna believe it. Yeah, the joke is that yeah they're calling it unbelievable, but it actually did happen to them. So w- yeah. waking camera roll universal credits. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I have some interesting facts about the movie. Oh Jesus! That you're gonna love. Here we go. So this this movie was very well directed, right? Mm-hmm. So this movie is a lesson in why you uh, don't bang the movie producer's daughter. I mean, Uh-oh. sorry, wife. Uh-oh. I get confused in this movie, daughter, wife, you know. Yeah, Karen, Karen. So while working on this film, director. <laughs> oh, my God. Director Ed, uh, Edgar Ulmer began an affair with Shirley Castle, who would eventually become his wife. Uh, at the time, though, she was married to Max Alexandra, a producer at Universal Studios. And nephew of the powerful Universal uh, Chief Carl Lemley Jr. Yeah, Lemley. How do you Lemley. say that last name? Lemley. Lemley's. I guess the A is silent. Lemley from Motorhead. Jamie, think nothing of it. One time he said Jeff as G off. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. I had to bring that up again. Yeah, it's too easy. How do you, how do you say Menage Trois, Alex? <laughs> Actually, it was meringue, buddy. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's meringue. Yeah. Meringue. Have you figured out the melon balls yet? <laughs> so, uh, and Carl uh, did not look very uh, kindly on outsiders upsetting his family. So when Castle left her husband for Ulmer, uh, the scandal resulted in Ulmer being blackballed from all the major Hollywood studios for the rest of his career. So after a short period of directing micro-budget independent films over basically just started doing low-budget movies for the rest of his career. Wow. Um, Sucks for him. I hope that was some good pussy. I mean, uh, apparently <laughs> I it was. So. <laughs> uh, this is the first movie for that Karloff and Lugosi worked on together. Wow. This movie was not only the biggest hit of 1934, but was banned in Austria, Finland, and Italy. Good. Wow. Because of the satanic shit? Uh, that or the... Because the... they killed a cat. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why. That's I'm, I'm kidding. You said Italy. They don't care. Um, <laughs> and, it was uh, also called House of Doom. Oh, wow. In the yes. UK, or in Britain because of uh, cat. black cats are considered good luck over there. Not bad. Which is weird because I 100% thought that the whole black cat being bad luck thing was the whole black plague thing where they thought that the cats were the one carrying the plague and it turns out it wasn't it was mice so after they killed all the cats <laughs> mice just brought more and fucking more in yeah there was no cat to kill a mouse anymore yeah so i thought that that's where bad luck came from and so i thought it was european and then after this i was like well my whole life's a fucking lie <laughs> i could have told you that <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah so 
the last uh, cool thing I have for you is uh, how'd y'all feel about the score for this movie? Because oh, this is dope. one of the earliest films to have a score through the entire movie. Now, the, some reviewer said one time that the score is a, a little too much. I forgot who they were. That would be Kenneth. And well, I, I agreed with him. At the I time, agree too. This, this, this time I was a little bit more easy on it, but I don't think they fully figured out how to score a movie yet. So there were times where I was like, all right, calm down. But then there's other times where the score is playing. Uh, there's a scene with Boris Karloff where the score is playing. And I'm like, that time it was spot on. Right. No, when they hit it, of Wagner that they used, um, mm. like his doorbell, um, would play the bits of Wagner that is that was that is very classic. Uh, you hear that and you think horror film or you right. think old horror film, right? You know, I thought that was very cool. How about uh, Karloff playing the fucking regular that of uh, classic Dracula song? <laughs> Hey, he's playing ball. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. That was dope. And like C minor or whatever. Like, that was so funny. Like, how pointed can you get? And it's weird for a movie like this, too. And between this and then the House of Dracula, they played that, that other song that you guys know. You know yeah, that, Moonlight that, Sonata. Uh, my God. Dude, both of those, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow. I'm like, I did not know, for one, that these uh, these songs were that old because obviously they're older than these oh, movies. Oh, God. They, they're so old that they weren't able to be recorded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, I thought that was badass, dude. But I do agree with Jerry. I think in like in some scenes it really worked, but there were a couple where it's like this does not need fucking music behind it at all, dude. You know? Well, it never. I think it was a wall of music, right, Jerry? Am I right? Was there ever a silent moment? I mean, there could have been, but I believe it was. All, am I wrong to say it was eighty percent music? Yeah, it's eighty percent music. It's it's continuous, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and when Kenneth mentioned that, um, because I listen to the Kill the Cast, so I like their show. So, like, I you know, I heard that. Then I when I right, checks in the mail, Alex. Yeah, uh, thank you. And the check's late, by the way. I told you to pay me before I said this. I told Don't you, cash I'm it till Tuesday. <laughs> I told you, I'm not paying you until you say you you like Kill the Cast and it's recorded, and you'll get the other half when the episode comes out, and I find out you didn't edit the shit out like last time. <laughs> He's going to pay you in GameStop fucking gift certificates. Hey, I'll I gladly like pay you Tuesday for a promo today. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> so when when he said this, I listened now now for some reason I pay attention to the score with it. So that's the thing I don't like about podcasts sometimes. They make you think of stuff that you otherwise wouldn't have. And I'm sure we've ruined plenty of experiences for people. Yeah, you ruined a whole day one time when you recommended I watch uh, the fucking Garbage Pail Kids movie. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> I figured after 97 shows, you guys will believe anything I say. Uh, yeah, that, that's what fucking happened, and I was wrong. Ah. If, we saw, if I inadvertently ruined Jerry's day somehow, I feel like we can quit the skeleton crew now, and I will fucking sleep good. <laughs> oh, Dan, you're never that important. No. <laughs> oh shit. shit! Oh, thanks, buddy. No, he, he's lying. Uh, so yeah, um, score does. Uh, sometimes I it, it pops into my mind, but I gotta say that happened three times. And then when I got back into the story, almost immediately, uh, it did not bother me. So I understand the music is a little much, but it's it's fine. 
I just think movies like this being so old and this one in particular being ahead of its time, um, you give passes on a lot of things, uh, taking into consideration everything, everything to do with the timing, this, that, and the other thing. And honestly, I did not notice that it was a score throughout the whole movie. I didn't notice yeah, that see? until you guys said it. Yeah. And, and you'll never watch again, so it'll never be ruined for you. <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that was such a great time. Glad that we reviewed this. You could all thank Jerry Herring for this review. He really wanted to do it. And stick around to hear him and Dan Chase review 2017's It exclusively. Well, it would be exclusively on Cut to the Chase, but Dan's letting you guys hear it to get a little taste of Cut to the Chase. So here it is, 2017 It, full spoiler review by Dan Chase and Jerry Herring, Kill the Cast, Married with Children podcast. spit that hot fire yeah. if you don't if you don't then you'll just be like mike merriman and i won't ask you back <laughs> i'm just kidding mike you'll you'll be on the next one but the reason why i got jerry with me and you know the uh the headliner of this whole entire show because we're gonna get into a bunch of shit later but the main event is the it review now it's been out uh what like three weeks now jerry uh, something like that like two two and a half something like that i think okay yeah and uh and everybody fucking busted their proverbial fucking loads all over the place with their reviews and there were some great reviews out there uh, i know you've checked out a couple right jerry you've been out uh, there i listened swim. to the skeleton crew review mm-hmm I listened to the 22 Shots review. Okay. And that's it. Exploding Heads hasn't put out their review. Um, Kill the Cast did a review. Uh, me, Jay, and Carly from Netflix and Chill. Uh-huh. We did a spoiler-free and a spoiler version of it. Yes, yes. Um, but we didn't go in crazy detail. It was just kind of our, like, we had all just seen it in, like, right. the past, like, two days of recording. And so we just threw it up there since we were recording anyway. Of course. Well, and that's why, and, and I'm glad you just brought that up because initial reviews can sometimes differ, right? As weeks go on, like, I feel like the, the hype train is, it's definitely still going for, first of all, for this movie. Cause I mean, they're still breaking records with this bitch. It just, uh, surpassed the exorcist and fucking all this other shit, right? Like it's just making so much bank. Why do you, what, let me ask you this, Jerry. Why do you think it is that, that makes a movie like this just fucking break out like like this is insane numbers and then you got something like the dark tower where it didn't do shit dude the dark so, tower is too fucking nerdy there is right. no like no 16 year old on snapchat is going i can't wait to see the fucking dark tower <laughs> no one no one the only 16 year old <laughs> that went to go see that is someone who hands hands out in the fucking library like ben from it 
Yeah, right? They don't, well, and they I don't go. Doubt, too, is such a... Here's the thing, man. Stephen King is great. He's got great adaptations. But when you have a whole movie that's based on, like, just Fucking Stephen King nods... <laughs> yeah, plus they, they, they put, like, seven books in... I haven't seen the Dark Tower series, okay? Right. I'm right. halfway through the book, and I gave up on it to read... To, to go through it instead. Right. Because I right. was just like, it's okay. I'm gonna see the movie when it comes out. And, and I'll judge it then, but from what everyone told me, it's neither a, a, a it's not the first book, right. it's like a few of the books, right. it's like everything put into this small container, so I think they kind of fucked up doing that, but 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 then you go, okay, it is a, 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 book, a, a thousand plus page book, right. I am literally on like page 295, and right. my Kindle is like, you are through 19% of this book. <laughs> I'm like, you are fucked. Fuck you have no me. life, Jerry. Yeah. So you're right, though. What makes everyone go see it? I mean, how many different... Like, I think it just has 20 different combinations that work. It's, right. It, the clown is going to work because we just had all the people doing all the clown pranks. Well, right there. Okay, right there. Don't you think that a lot of that shit and a lot of, like, the general fucking audience, not us, meaning specifically, they're like, like the American horror story crowd, right? It's those people, too. Like, it I is. think that, that, that's a big part of it. But go on. That's just one of them. But, so yeah, please continue. You, well, here's the thing. So the, these clown pranks get all the teenagers interested in mm -hmm. scary clowns. American Horror Story takes some of some of those people, plus horror fans, plus TV drama fans, and they go, mm -hmm. "Well, it's another yeah. movie about fucking it. I'm gonna go right. see that." Then right. you've got um, the, this '80s nostalgia resurgence that's going on. You see, so you have things like Stranger Things, and you have them one of the main people in Stranger Things in it. So right. Everyone who saw that loved it. They're gonna go. So now we've got like three four different people on top of that but then they go a step further and when they release that trailer right that trailer blew the fuck up who didn't see that trailer? yeah dan how many horror groups are we in oh dude oh holy yeah. shit <laughs> yeah it's it's a lot dude it's definitely an overload but here's the thing uh, to go along with what you said to add another thing marketing was oh. fucking for this movie Dude, absolutely brilliant those balloons that they were yeah. just having people tie to fucking sewers right. I had a friend on Facebook who is not part of their promotion team at all he went in his city and just started tying red balloons <laughs> to fucking sewer grates that's and just wrote funny. on the balloons with sharpie that's some grassroots shit, bro. Yeah, that's the shit I'm talking about too. A lot of people getting involved, and 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 then you add the the fucking factor of oh, but wait, it's actually a really good movie. So you get word of mouth. I mean, that's that's old school shit. That's after the movie came out because didn't it set it set like a fucking Wednesday it, record? Dude, too? no, like it, it set Thursday records. It set September records. It set all these fucking records. Right. Um, I won't even get into the whole. Uh, it versus The Exorcist because there's too many. Uh, do you account for inflation? Do you count well, for the this? Do you count for right. that? Do you like? There's all this shit. Like, I don't care about any of that. I just want to give it the fucking props it got because this is what happens right. when you put out a horror movie that respects the audience, yep, respects the source material, mm -hmm. and fucking is treated like an actual like major production this shit came out in just as many movie theaters as fucking marvel movies right 
Right. Like, what horror movies doing that? Yeah. And, and, and no, dude, and that's the thing. And it was such a fucking awesome movie on so many levels where, like you said, it respected the audience, but it, it played to everybody as well. Like, okay, us as horror fans, dude, we picked up on pretty much all that shit. Like every, everything in there that you could pick up on. And a, a lot of the 80s shit too, the 80s nostalgia shit. Like I fall in that category too. Um, I'm, I'm with that. But like I said, then you got that other factor where, I mean, well, okay, let's go back a little bit. Stephen King always said that Stand By Me, uh, it, it was kind of like a stepping stone for Stand By Me, right? To get those kids right. That's where that movie fucking starts with those damn kids, dude. dude. They are so talented, dude. Those kids are so good and they know what they're doing. Like, they know exactly what movie they're in and they all fucking crushed it. And the way that they filmed the whole fucking, you know, camaraderie, friendship thing, the way they did oh, friendship yeah. that movie was perfect so right there dude like you got me and then you add in everything else and it, it see here's the thing okay you know this uh, of all jerry because you're right in the middle of reading it correct well Steven, i'm in the beginning of reading it because it's beginning take right years right 19 percent through um when you started it right um and and you're reading now Stephen King goes off on like tangents where he'll he'll go into like a, a stand by me thing and then he'll just switch it up and he'll keep doing that. He's so descriptive with things, too, that you could get fucking like eight pages of just description of, of something, you there know, were four pages on just the fucking bicycle that fucking like, bill rides exactly dude. exactly so he's so descriptive so to do that in a movie and and find that balance where it feels like one type of movie and then it feels like a whole not, not even a different thing but it changes tones and it and, and it all still kind of falls under that same type of tone it's perfect it fluctuates it goes from from funny to like oh that's cute to fucking scary as hell to creepy and then it just repeats all of that shit dude and it hits you man like the coming of age part like sitting there like when they're all at the rock quarry and yeah. like uh, they're all swimming and they're all staring at her mm -hmm. it just made me go man as a kid i remember like those right. kind of scenarios where i'm like too young to really do anything about it Yep. But, like, it's like, oh, my God, she's wearing a two-piece right in front of me. You know? Like, those yeah. kind of things. So, yeah. it hits, I, like, the the coming-of-age part was so good. As right. soon as we got out of theaters, I went and I got online and I bought Stand By Me on Blu-ray. <laughs> exactly, dude. Yeah. Fucking get eaten the pie and shit. I just watched Stand By Me the other day. I, I just watched it also. Dude, it's weird, man. Like, I, okay, that's why it has something for everybody, too. Like, that's the whole thing with, with this movie where... If that doesn't get you, then then the horror shit will like. And there's that they Jamie asked on on the uh, last episode for, of the it review, like, okay, well, was it scary? And then what was the scariest part? And like, I find it kind of like it doesn't really get any scarier than that. Like, not much scares me these days. But but like Brian said, also like, it, there's certain moments that creep you out. So there's like definitely those creep out moments and like right in the beginning when you find out yeah he is he is putting on the mask shout out to you Brian but when he is kind of like you know you see behind and he's just clearly fucking with these kids just to get them um I feel like there's that aspect of it and then you switch from the coming of age shit and but you do it so flawlessly too and then and then you throw in all the fucking your mom jokes dude I mean I know you love that shit oh Jerry. yeah dude fucking 
uh, Richie was so funny. I don't, and I know a lot of people were, there were some people that felt it was too much, and I didn't because I'm like, no, no. I had a friend like that. I had a friend yeah. that literally everything out of his mouth was fucking dick. The only thing, the only thing that was different about it for me than like real life was I wish I was as cool as those kids and could talk like that at that age. You know what I mean? Like, I'm barely there now. I can barely talk. Like you said, like, you can't... Just before we got on recording, he's like, dude, you can barely talk and you're about to do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I believe those words were said, sir. But, yeah, you but were the, stumbling all over yourself. Oh, dude, I'm a fucking mess, bro. I, but like I said, you know, it is what it is. That's what we do here on the show. But, okay, so you got all these things in it and and times passed now now how many times did you see it Did you see it once in the just, theaters Jay? just once okay yeah i i saw it back like three times dude and wow, here's really? the thing yeah and the second time i was like still just kind of like wrapped up in it like you know all right like that was fucking awesome clearly it's awesome but i was trying to pick it apart the third time i really got got to get into it but even the third time it was still kind of hard because i was still lost in the movie you know, and and that is part of the theater experience too. But man, that's just a testament to how good this fucking movie is, dude. Like they made a fucking a, a movie here. Like holy shit. And like and and forget about awards or this and that. This is gonna go down as one of my favorites of the year. There's a lot of good ones this year, but it's definitely ranked in my top oh, ten. This I'll, is gonna this is gonna go down as an instant classic. This is one of those movies where great. There are going to be people who automatically hate it because of how big it is and it's mainstream horror. You've already gotten some of that, too, especially like the past week or so. You see people turning on it already. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine. Go ahead. You right. you do that. Or the people who, who love the original so much that they, they, they're like, no, fuck this and fuck the new it. He's not good as Pennywise and that kind of shit. And I'm like, that's fine. You do you, boo-boo. We gonna fucking <laughs> say this is an instant fucking classic because well, you you're right. Like, um, I was talking to Kenneth, and Kenneth is actually one of the people that's like it was okay. Right. Kenneth thinks it was okay, but yeah. for him, he admits that there's a good part of it that he was hoping he didn't like a lot of the changes they made from the book, and that and it really bothers him. And but we were talking about new Pennywise versus old Pennywise, and I I like the new Pennywise more, and the reason is. Because I feel like this new Pennywise does it. Okay, so we know how some of us know how Pennywise is basically a interdimensional being that showed up on planet Earth sometime during the fucking dinosaurs or something. To shit. fight a fucking turtle, yeah. Yeah, some shit like that. Okay, so he uses the Pennywise thing to get kids to come near him. The cool thing about this one is I honestly felt. Like, that interdimensional being, it, was using Pennywise like a fucking puppet and sometimes would get so, like, into ready-to-eat-these fucking kids that he would forget that he's supposed to be doing something fucking funny for the kids and he'd get that blank fucking stare. Well, and that's the only, that that's the only reason to explain it, right? Because he got fucking near him and he didn't do anything to him half the time. It was almost like... Like yeah, the fear was feeding him, right? Like that's that's what was what he was really getting off on, as opposed to just killing him. Because why else would I? Why else would he just sit there and continue to fuck with him? Exactly, he's trying to build that fear up, trying to get that fear up. Because the more fear, the better they taste. I don't know oh, if you've ever. I get it. I get it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see. But but my point is, is 
the the Tim Curry Pennywise, which I love. Everyone loves Tim Curry Pennywise. Of course. It's a fun performance, but it feels like one being. As to where the new Pennywise feels like two beings. It feels oh, like yeah. a, a puppet master and its puppet. Yes. And and also, I just feel like they've gotten so much. I mean, dude, think about the time that we live in. It's fucking 2017, and every trick's been done. Like, you gotta you gotta adapt things. Yes, like they had to adapt it from the book, and they had to, in some way, adapt it from from that miniseries as well. Whether whether it's it's like a let's try and keep ourselves as far away from this as possible adaptation, or if it's you know we gotta honor tim curry type of type of fucking thing but they also have to adapt to the times man and they did that with the whole 80 80s thing too which was great which played on that nostalgia thing that you talked about which was one of the the successful reasons for it but you you play to that fucking thing where it's just i I don't know man it's perfect like the whole time thing and then that's that's what's great about this too i mean this is a what two and a half hour long movie almost and it's only part one of two you know what i mean like they found a way to adapt things and dude i mean you know true detective season one carrie fukunawa which oh his name's still on the writing credits for this too by the way which is awesome but um you know he he directed uh, true detective season one and he was supposed to do it he got changed out by the mama dude and this guy fucking nailed it out of the park dude like right there when carrie fukunawa left i was like bummed but it, at the same time, dude, it showed you what type of movie it was going to be. And I was like, if they even get it close to something fucking this motherfucker was going to do. I mean, with the whole fucking – with that last episode of True Detective, dude, that shit was fucking – I mean, well, debatably, straight up horror. It was more like Silence of the Lamb shit. But it was so perfect that you got excited that even with the director switching – I was still excited because I was like, even if it's even if it's remotely like it was going to be, that it's going to be awesome. So I was happy to see that he got a writing credit on it. Have you ever seen uh, True Detective season one? Jerry? No, I want to watch it so bad. Oh, dude, you'll love it, man. It's 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 a lot of shit. Like like Matthew McConaughey's character is fucking really out there, dude. He's really like uh, he's like. He's not a pessimist, but like he, he really shits on religion and he's got his own way of thinking. It's great. But then they, they really – it is like a detective story too. And when they reach the end, dude, it's straight up horror shit. Like and they have stuff sprinkled in there that will that'll keep you fucking – keep you going throughout it. But what a fucking show. Uh, don't don't check out season two. Nobody cares about that. Mm. All. See, I love detective stories. So that's why yeah. I'm, I really want to watch it. And you know what's good about it too? They, they really do – do like real detective work like you see it and it's not like one of those crime shows it's it's some real shit i mean woody harrelson too dude it's it's one of my favorite i was gonna say movies like i look at it like a movie because it's movie quality shit but it's one of my favorite top 10 tv shows of all time which is why season two is so disappointing but mm. hey they're still talking really good things about season three they said they rushed season two so we'll see so, we'll see about that but yeah anyways back on it i got a question for you yeah. Okay. Is there a scene in the movie that stands out to you that you're not hearing a lot of people talk about? Um, because I've got one. Okay. And, I, and well, you yeah, saw it yeah, three yeah. times. I want to see if you saw this. Okay. okay. I immediately saw this in the theater. I have heard a couple of people kind of hit on it, but no one's really talking about. It. When Ben is in the library, okay, before yeah. he goes into that room where 
the fucking Easter egg uh, charbroiled fucking child is. Uh, <laughs> fucking flame broiled like Burger King. Um, right. They show a shot of him, of the book. Then they show an outer shot of him sitting there. Behind him, you can see the librarian just standing right. there. Yep. Then they go back to the book. Then they go back to the wide shot. Librarian still just standing there staring at him. Back right. to the book. The third time they go up, I want to say the third time, I've only seen it once, she is putting books away like, not like it, like, this is just my job. And they don't explain anything or why she did that. You don't know if she was looking at something else. If you felt like she was looking at him, it was creepy. You felt like the setup was there. Mm-hmm. And then it was a complete red herring. And I'm like, that was <laughs> fucking clever because you didn't know what to like expect. And I just think that scene is kind of, no one's talking about it. And I'm like, come on, man. That scene was fantastic. Well, and you know what it was too? Um, he had uh, he had overdue books for the little engine that could. Yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? No, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I did notice that. Um, here's the deal, though. I kind of cheated because it was in one of those fucking YouTube videos I saw, and I I did I did not recognize it the first time or the second. I forget whether it was the second or third one. Yeah, no, it was the third one that I definitely did, which is awesome. But de- does that imply that that's it or or? Um, See, I don't know because okay. when she comes into the 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 room when he's freaking out, she's basically the one that brings him back to reality so he can escape. Well, and here's the thing, yeah, oh, that's a good point. Well, maybe he he came in her and then out of her, and you, you know, you I don't know because I don't oh. fuck librarians, so I don't know who came in her at all. That, that's true. That's true. It could have it could have been either one. But here's the thing with Stephen King, and Stephen King's always done this too. And which I think now this is what people have problems with too. Which this is what I want to get your opinion on. The adults in this movie, whether it be the pharmacist who's fucking creepy, whether it be Bev's dad that's creepy. I mean, there's no adults that uh, if they're not, even if they're not not creepy, they're definitely not helpful at all, especially. If they know there's a fucking curfew implied in town and nobody's saying shit about it, much like a Freddy Krueger, dude. Like, I got, like, a lot of fucking Freddy vs. Jason vibes out of this fucking plot line, you know? I I was talking to Kenneth earlier today, and he was like, it is literally a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And I was like, oh, so, like, someone finally figured out how to do those movies good? (laughs) Seriously, dude. Yeah, but that's – isn't that weird, though? Like, they – so. They don't touch on that at all. Kenneth explained this to me, actually. Okay. I, I gotta give well, a lot of Kenneth to, 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 to Kenneth because he's the one I've talked to it about the most, and he's read the book, like, twice in the past, like, uh, six months. Kenneth it's, cannot read. Okay, well, audiobook. Um, but still. <laughs> so, <laughs> he said in the book, there's yeah. actually a thing that they talk about where the... Adults just kind of ignore it. Right. They ignore the children going missing and they ignore a lot of it and they kind of all go dull. And like, I heard people complaining about like Bev's father in this one saying he was too, it came off too sexual. And Kenneth was like, no, that's how it was in the book. There is a scene where he like apparently like pulls her pants down to inspect her. Nice. So nice. that is in the book. In the book, that is that is a hundred percent there. But yeah, there's 
a lot of that they capture in the both the 90s miniseries and this movie where you do you feel like the the adults just don't give a shit no one cares well i feel like though this day and age you can't really get away with that like he, okay and here's the benefit of the doubt that i give this movie is the fact that it most definitely is going to have a part two. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe they'll explain that in the sequel. Like, But I but I find myself keep saying that about certain things. I feel like if they don't address that, though, in some way, because especially with that whole, okay, well, now they're grown up now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, There's, there's going to be some fucking you, right. YouTuber who's just <laughs> like, I got to talk to you about this conspiracy theory and dairy. Right. No one's covering this. It, does it, people don't even post about it on Facebook, but I figured out the truth. <laughs> he is Snoke. Like, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous, dude. Like, but here's the thing: like, you can you can look at it like that, or you can look at it like, well, I mean, I hope they explain it because if they don't, it's just I don't know. I feel like you can't get away with that, especially where it's like it's such a focal point of the kids. Like, we gotta find our little brother, and then the parents just or the older people, whoever, just ignore it. And we're supposed to be okay with that. Like, like that makes sense. Well, I don't know. I just I don't buy that. But like well, I said, here's, maybe here's, they'll show that. Here's they... what I can kind of give you is that there seems to be in the book. Um, once you leave Derry, it's almost like y- you come out of a fog. You forget and you, it. And you, oh, okay. you forget it. In the book, everyone who leaves Derry completely forgets about Derry. There is a scene where Bill is talking to his wife. Right, right after he gets a phone call and he li- like you find out all she knows about his brother is that he died she didn't even know he was murdered he literally oh, well. never talked about it and he's just like it's because i haven't thought about him i haven't thought about georgie in 20 years right so that's the explanation is that being in Derry is like being in a cursed city mm-hmm. and like there are people in the book who who can kind of tell that Derry's fucked up and like Mike Hallen is like going to different people to build this research on this shit that's never talked about in Derry. Right. And you've got people like one of the guys is just like off record. When my daughter went missing, I could hear her in the sink. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So like that's there's like, like, up. so yeah, I don't know how they're going to go about explaining it. I almost feel like they're not going to explain it because that's, that's part of the point. It's, it's yeah. like you don't know you're crazy kind of situation. Right. You don't know you're uh, – that Derry's this cursed place and it has like this under-the-dome-like thing going on. Now, do you think they can get away with it because the movie is what it is with everything around it? Like would something like that be a bigger issue in a movie where it didn't have so many great things going on around it? Um, I do think they have built up so much goodwill. Right. That a lot of us are going to give them more passes on the sequel, on mm-hmm. the second part, than we would have if it was a bad movie. If it was a bad movie, we would we would fucking be destroying them. But because of like, right. because of how good the first one was, it's it's the same thing with the '90s one. We give the second part a huge pass because we love the first part so much. Right. We just right. all go, yeah. I mean, the adults weren't as interesting, and the ending was fucking stupid. But that's right. that's my only thing I care about. With the next one is I just want to see what they do with the ending. <laughs> spider or not? I think they already said they're not using the spider. 
I'm fine with him not using the spider. I don't. I didn't hate the spider from the get go, but you know me and creature features. I'm like, fuck yes, <laughs> fucking carnosaur and shit. Yeah, no, I I hear you. And, and honestly, um, I, this is how I've always like. Okay, oh, first of all, I want to get back to this. Uh, what did you think of our friend Alex's review? Because it is in the top ten. I thought it was very. Um, I don't know. I was very happy here to hear that Alex liked this movie and his comparisons were were, were good. You know what I mean? They were really like um, observant, as Alex often does. But they were very perfect in the sense where he didn't let the nostalgia completely take over. He he was very balanced. I was actually really proud of him because I could see right. that battle inside of him <laughs> where he would start going to where he would start comparing it to. The right. older movie, and then he would like bring himself back out of it, and he did get to compare it, comparing like the the children cast, the, the kids, right? And right. I think that helped him also. I was super proud of Alex for for being so balanced. Yeah, because it was literally it was fucking man. The the only person because I think Alex and Kenneth are about on the same level on the movie. Mm. Maybe Alex likes it a little bit more. Um, and because I've I've got two complaints on the movie. That's it. Two. Okay. And, and, and they're not that big. One of them is the same complaint a lot of people have. Some of the CGI just does not look good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's And that's fair, too. Like, I saw that, and I was just like, eh. Like, I could totally tell what people were talking about. For me, it just didn't. I was like, whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, I've seen so much shit on fucking sci-fi, dude, that, like, even if it's in, like, okay context, and this is in great context, but even if it's in okay context, I'm like, I'll go with it. Yeah. There's, and, a, there's just so much shit out there. And, and what's funny is, is my CGI complaint, I have not heard anyone else complain about. Wait, which one? In in particular, you mean? Yes. A particular thing? Okay. The, the fucking Jewish painting lady. I think she looks horrible. She looks like... <laughs> fucking what YouTubers are playing, like fucking, they're playing Slenderman games, and that Slenderman's wife who jumps out at you, and you're like, oh yeah, they made this game for twenty dollars. <laughs> That's what she looks like. She looks like one of those fucking little tiny indie horror games that use kind of <laughs> shitty graphics because they have to. That's you know what, what? she looks like. I didn't. I I didn't even think about it until you just said it. But you were absolutely correct. Yeah, that 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 was, was a little subpar, wasn't it? It was. It just looked bad. And some people were like, oh, it was supposed to look like a painting, and I'm like, it doesn't look like a goddamn painting. <laughs> okay. What what's your other complaint? Um, I do not. And this is my big complaint because I can give a fuck about CGI. Whatever. Okay. I do not like that. Uh, it, it, it deals with the kid's backstory. I mm-hmm. can be fine with the fact that they wanted to minimize some backstories so they could maximize other backstories for the kids. Don't tell me you wanted to see the gangbang. No. No. God, oh. no. no. The only person who wanted to see the fucking gangbang is Jonathan Orr, and I'm trying to still figure out why the fuck he wanted to see it. Him and, oh. and your boy from fucking True Detective, because he wrote it in the script. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, that's probably why he got fired. Maybe. But... The biggest thing is, like, I don't really care that they minimize uh, uh, the Jewish character's backstory. But the fact that they took Mike Howland's, like, entire backstory away from him <laughs> pissed me off. Like, they gave half of it to Ben. Which yeah. I didn't really like that they took away Ben's dad backstory. But I was like, okay, whatever. 
And they took away his dad backstory. But then they gave him the history thing, so I'm like, so what the fuck does Mike Howland have? He's you know who now. has? No, he has uh, Creighton Duke for a grandfather. Oh, great. That'll come in fucking handy when I want to get disappointed again by Jason X. <laughs> I, oh, my God, dude. It, it's like our J, the Jason X Skeleton Crew episode where I was connecting fucking Dayton Crew or connecting that movie to fucking everyone. It connects to it now, too. Exactly. And and look at the other connection, dude. What are the chances that we'd have back-to-back movies with this guy with, in Jason Goes to Hell and then with the It Review? Think about that. What are the chances of that guy? And and shout out to Aaron West for uh, posting about that because he's the one who brought it to my attention. Did not know that was Creighton Duke uh, showing him how to kill – was it sheep? I don't know. Yeah, killing the yeah, sheep. sheep. Okay, yeah, killing the sheep, dude. That's, Who would have thought? It is crazy. In, like That's I'm weird. on back-to-back episodes of The Skeleton Crew, mm-hmm. and it deals with that. Well, no, not back-to-back because I'm not technically on y'all's date review. Right. Well, no, this is no. Technically, we are because this. Oh, by the no, way, this is going already. on Skeleton Crew. Yes, this, well, I know this, this is going on Skeleton Crew, but there, the actual it review already came out. Correct. So, Very correct. But yes. it's weird. So I don't like that they took the whole Mike being the historian thing and gave it to Ben. That bothered me because what is my? And, and then they also kind of took. They really downplayed the racism, which. I can understand. It's very, very touchy in America right now with racism. I'm fine with that. I did not need anyone dropping the N-bomb in that movie theater. Especially <laughs> since I already got into an argument with the lady in front of me. Like, I didn't need it. Um, I, I like I like Alex's review when he said he was sweating in the movie theater because he didn't want a confrontation with the dude sitting next to him. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm completely fine that they dropped that, but, like, they they changed, like, to where Mike's parents are, are now dead and from the fire and not, like, I just didn't like that. That My biggest complaint is them taking away Mike Howland's backstory and giving it to Ben. But see, that's the thing, though. That That's all predicated upon pre-existing knowledge of, of, the, of the novel or the, the movie, correct? Correct. If you take that away, then my complaint would be, why did... Mike and the Jewish kid have literally no backstory. Technically, Richie had no backstory either. He was just so funny, I didn't give a shit. No, his backstory was that he's a Jew. <laughs> That's not a fucking backstory. Like, like, can I get the bird counting at least? There's literally everything they said was about that kid or what that kid said to anybody else was fucking... <laughs> yeah, we only got backstories on Bill, Beverly, oh. and Eddie. Right. Right. Well, and what did you think about that too? Um, let me ask you this, because I, I, it is probably one of the only books I've ever read, and it was a long time ago, and I can't even say that I put all the words together in my mind. So remind me, um, when when she fucking when the fat kid saves her at the end, why the fuck does she go? No, fuck you, and then she just hooks up with fucking the dude with Bill all of a sudden. Like, it, does that play into the second part? I have to imagine that it does in one way or another, well, or it will in this adaptation. When you go to um, the '90s series, yes, I know there there is because Bill is with a, his wife and he stays with his wife. Okay, and Beverly, I think in that one actually does end up hooking up with Ben finally. 
I was going to say, okay, because there's got to be some animosity on his part, or they got to play into that some level, because that ending, it was, dude, I love the music. The, by the way, the score and the soundtrack, both to this movie, are fucking fantastic, dude. I mean, top notch. And that's the one thing that I think that not a lot of people are talking about. First of all, the soundtrack. I mean, when they play the metal at the fucking quarry, dude, or, yeah, at the at the Barrens or whatever it is, right? At the rock quarry. Yeah. Um, when they at play the, the metal. Rock quarry? Yeah, dude. And then, I'm sorry, but the new kids on the block, oh, my fucking God, I was dying, dude. By, like, the second or third joke, dude, I was just like, this is working so well. And they didn't overdo it, too, which was cool. But between those and then uh, and then the score, too, the score on it in its own, in its own right, kind of does its own thing and is separate from from that and a lot of it's 80 shit too like we said that plays into the nostalgia but that's what i think nobody's really talking about dude is the soundtrack and the score and i can't even say much on that because i am the worst when it comes to noticing a soundtrack or a score i just that's i just that don't doesn't comprehend it. dude I, I can't comprehend that when when you say that like i don't understand really yeah it, it, the music has to actually it, i get so into the scenes Right. That it's like my mind doesn't process the music unless the music takes me out. Okay. So Which it has, the music has to be really, really bad for me to notice it. Right. Because okay. otherwise, I don't notice it. And when I do notice like a good score, it's only like on a second watch. Where I'm like, <laughs> oh, that really helped this scene, you know? Now, when the poster comes into play and it goes, oh, 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 when that, like, w- w- did that take you out of it? Was that, was that like a... No, because that was just, a, that was a c- comedy scene. Right. So it didn't, it would only take me out of it if it was, like, in a serious scene or in a, like, horrific scene. I, dude, I've never laughed harder at that, dude. I was laughing. I thought that was the funniest fucking thing, dude. And like I said, that's why this movie's great, too, because it bounces back and forth between, like, pretty fucking frightening scenes to comedy to fucking dick jokes and then, you know, throw in, like, some stand-by-me shit. And it works on all those levels. Like, and I think the key word here is balanced. Like, it works on a really balanced level where they do it throughout. Like, the scares are pretty constant in this movie, right? Like, from be- obviously from the beginning scene all the way to the end. Pennywise doesn't, there's not a big chunk of time where this guy isn't around, which is obviously a big difference from the Tim Curry version, too, you know? Yeah, so I was not, I didn't even really get hit by jump scares in this movie. No. Which was kind of, like, I was never scared. I could definitely see how people would be scared. Reese is terrified of clowns. I'm surprised she went and saw it with me. Mm -hmm. And she was gripped onto me the entire movie. She cried. (laughs) Really? But she (laughs) cried during the trailer. Like, because when I first watched the trailer, I was in a Toys R Us, and I was like, Reese, the It trailer just came out. And I watched it in the middle of a Toys R Us. Ah, so I, I made bad. her watch it when we got home, mm-hmm. and it was too much. Just the trailer. Okay. Wow. So I'm surprised she even went to see the movie to me. So she was like truly scared of the movie. Yep. While I, yep. me, I was just like, yeah, there were some good like scary scenes. I love that water scene in the basement. Yep. yep. God, that was so fucking good. 
Well, and and there's a there's a lot of scenes that work too, like that, that just on a on a even if just like a creepy level, right? And and that's why I like when Jamie brought that up in the in the, in the sewer scene, right? When he just fucking kind of just chills and sits back there for a second, and you see that oh man, this guy's just putting on a fucking act, and it's a creepy ass act too. And and just that switch, dude, is so perfect, dude, and it's so fucking creepy that that um. I don't need jump scares, dude. Like, fuck, fuck that shit. And I think that the jump stuff, like, I, I don't know. It, it worked on me as much as any other fucking one would. Um, and I mean that in a good way too, because Reese, I can believe a, a Reese, lot of. Reese, do you want to come say what you thought of it? Oh, what's up, Reese? Not particularly. Not particularly. <laughs> come down here real quick. Did, did you, did you find it terrifying? I did. Uh, I, I found it, uh, you know, part of my nightmares. <laughs> so you're a big fan? You're going to watch it again? Um, you know, if you ask nicely. If I ask nicely. Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to send you guys the Blu-ray when it comes out. Uh, I already have that bitch pre-ordered. <laughs> of course you do. You'll definitely oh. have to uh, make me some pancakes and make up for my nightmares and, like, trauma for the next few years. Oh, okay. Can Jerry cook, Reese? He wants to know if I can cook. He can cook. Uh, he, he can cook good pancakes. Uh, he can microwave <laughs> good ends. like pizza. I'll bake pizza. He can have a bake okay. pizza. I have yeah. bake pizza and corn dogs. Everything yeah. else is microwave. Yeah, you know you can microwave really good. You know. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. That was Reese, everyone. Reese, yes. Yeah. Reese has been on Cut to the Chase more than Dave Z has. That is true. <laughs> no, shout out to Dave Z. He's uh he's coming on a future episode that that I got planned. Oh, and by the way, this uh, I wanted to tell you this too, Jerry, because you're gonna love this shit. Okay. So I'm gonna have a lot more time on my hands coming up soon. So I'm getting a couple retrospectives banged out. You know what I'm talking about. We've talked about this briefly. Um, I think you know what I'm alluding to, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, starting those two up um, uh, fairly soon because I'm going to have a lot more time on my hands with work, which, I mean, like I said, dude, I, I live in a fucking tourist town, so it's like, you know, winters, there's not much going on, but it's perfect for me in podcasting, so going to bang out a lot more coming soon. But people, anyway. People don't get their dick sucked during winter? <laughs> oh, they do while they're podcasting. Wow. So. You know, but uh, but like I said, those all that shit's coming soon. But we're not talking about that now. We're talking about it. And so Jerry, so obviously you like the movie. You do have a couple. I mean, you know, fairly like they're, they're very accurate criticisms. But you wouldn't say that. Like, okay, let me ask you a question. What would you rate this movie? As of right now, it is a nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you okay? I, so you really liked it? Okay. I think on second viewing, it will go up. Okay. It did for me too, by the way, because like I said, I tried to analyze it and, and I saw it for what it was and I broke it down like I usually do if I'm reviewing a movie, but at the same time, like I was still wrapped up in it. And after three viewings of that, if that still has an effect on me, I mean, there, there's something to be said about that, even more so than than what I even come back with as a grade or whatever, you know? Like we say all the time, it's about experiences and shit like that. And this movie just provides, like, a fun 
horror experience. You know what I mean? Like it's the best fucking time to be alive and be a horror fan. Like it just is, dude. Like there's so much good shit coming out. And like we've always said before, like there's always going to be bad shit along with that. Yes. But dude, I'll take fucking five or six bad ones if that means we're going to get an it. You know what I mean? And and if it keeps producing more because that's that's the whole thing right more and then more people get involved hopefully it's not just more like a number but it's like better people you know better mm -hmm. people involved yeah. that are doing cool shit already yeah. and, and uh, this yeah. this director of it he wants to do a pet cemetery remake and i'm like fucking let him Oh, let him, dude. Let him. And that's the whole thing, though, right? We're all fucking geeks, dude. We're all dorks. We love this shit. But now the people that grew up with it, just like us, are being put in positions where they can. So if he – dude, if he gives you something like that, like what we just saw, and he says he wants another Stephen King property, fucking give it to him, dude. Give, give him all this shit because that's what I'm saying. The more content, the better. I mean, and something that people haven't really been talking about, obviously, and I know I have. Shit, I think I've been one of the most vocal people is the Castle Rock show from J.J. Abrams, dude. I mean, it's been fucking quiet for a while, but there's there's a huge Stephen King uh, resurgence going on right so, now. Okay, hold up. What is this yeah. Castle Rock show, by the way? It's it's just going to be like a show. I think it's exclusive to Hulu or Netflix. I forget. One of those, right? And uh, it's just going to be fucking Stephen King, like, adaptations, kind of, um, with with characters in, kind of like, um, I'm trying to think. So this is like an anthology? Pretty show? much. It's it, a lot of it takes place in Derry, like you know, a lot of a lot of intertwining stories, like a lot of characters show up from other stories, like you know how Stephen King's always done that yeah. intertwining shit, like the guy from Misery fucking lives right across the street from Mike, you know. There you go. But uh, or, I'm sorry for from uh, Ben, but uh, stuff like that's always like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like Stephen King fucking he did that shit back way back in the day dude so uh yeah it's gonna be more like that but but the the whole purpose of me saying that is well okay that's jj abrams right that's a pretty fucking big name of whether you like lost or not i mean still it's he attaches himself to pretty good properties would you say uh yeah for the most uh, part no. he made star trek into star wars and it was fantastic exactly and then he made star wars into star wars and it was fantastic <laughs> thank you so yeah so what i mean is as long as we have jj abrams is getting involved and and you know carrie fukunawa is and then this guy and 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 all that is all kind of like connected and we got and gerald's game coming up soon also. dude dude that is gonna be huge and i'm so fucking glad you brought this up too and this is why this is cut to the chase because we can go on tangents like this i want to talk netflix for a second okay now I can already see it, Jerry, and I just want to call it on record, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Is this going to be an annoyance towards Halloween, the week leading up, that Stranger Things is coming out, and everybody's going to want to finish it fucking before okay. Halloween? Right? You know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at. Here's my question. Yep. For everyone who's doing, like, the 31 days of Halloween where you have to watch a horror movie every day, Yes. How many episodes of Stranger Things do I have to watch for it to count as a movie for that day? <laughs> like, if I if, if I watch two episodes and it's basically like two hours, can I count that? Can I be like, day 28, um, Stranger Things, right. episode three and four? Can I do and that? You could, 
you could chalk that up to the whole week. Yeah, I totally think that counts. While it I mean, certainly meets the criteria. I already cheat because, like, I'll be like, so, Jerry, what did you watch? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I watched the uh, Mystery Science Theater episode of uh, The Beast of Yucca Flats. <laughs> Give a fuck. Like, I already cheat. I, I listen to, like, mystery. I watch Mystery Science Theater and Rift Tracks versions of movies and count them. So. Right. <laughs> I don't take it serious enough as it is. I'm like, dude, if I if I watched a movie every day, then I I did good. Right, and that that's totally a win too. And a lot of the times for me too, it's just fucking flipping around, and and AMC will finally get it right these days, anyways, and put on something halfway decent where it's like, oh, this is fucking cool. I haven't seen this in a while. Yeah, but we'll we'll get to all the Halloween shit later. But uh, I wanted to kind of wrap up this It review for the most part because this is cut to the chase. It's very general thoughts. We're not going to get too crazy into it, but uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts in general on like, okay, it's it's been in theaters for a few weeks now. It's broken so many fucking records. Like, how do you, you said this is going to go down, right? You said this is going to go down as one of the all-time fucking best horror movies, any, right? Any movie that starts off by ripping the arm off of a child, <laughs> yeah, you know it's gonna be good. It's like right. it's like when like this is one of those movies that people will be like when they ta- when they talk about it, they'll always mention like a certain scene. It's like if I go, "Have you seen Suicide Club?" and you're like, "No," and I'm like, "Dude, you have to." It starts off with 54 Japanese schoolgirls jumping in front of a train. <laughs> immediately you want to go watch it and that's what this is is this is going to be a movie that will be it's fun to watch it's it's a great time it has so many different elements all put into one i i already pre-ordered the blu-ray because i want it as soon as it comes out i want it because i want to watch it we're we're getting a director's cut that's gonna have yes uh, an extra 10 15 minutes or some shit um i'm 100 down for that i think i think we are looking at a, the next, like, I think we're looking at one of the biggest classics of the 2010 decade. Right. Now, do you think do you think this is going to be important on, on a different level, too, meaning financially, because of the fact that, like I was saying earlier, it's going to give opportunities to, to more dedicated people? Like, do people realize that it's not just about the money? The fact that this was a good movie is why it did well? Or, because, let's face it, are we going to have a crap? We're going to get more. But do you think that... Are we going to get, like, after Paranormal Activity, where we had a slew of fucking low-budget shitty movies that didn't do anything, they didn't catch on, or after Scream, like, what, are, like, after Scream, we at least got, like, some more of the same kind of high-budget... Um, like slashers, right? I'm hoping if anything, people realize the reason this one did so good is it was multiple elements. It doesn't. It wasn't just one thing. You can't just be like, oh, we'll right. do something that's nostalgic. Oh, we'll do something with clowns. Oh, we're... no, it's multiple things. But the biggest thing that matters is that it treated itself with respect. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. This was a a, a movie that had a budget and had talented people behind it. And Jerry, if we could only get you to do the same thing, sir, just treat yourself. I know. Under- I just keep coming on fucking cut to the chase. <laughs> How many, this is what my third episode of cut to the chase. I don't know. I don't out of, out of fucking shit. the six you've put out. 
<laughs> I'm say three of them are numbered the exact fucking same just, so i know that no don't bring don't bring attention to that i want people to fucking get confused and have to figure figure what it episode out are you no. on of Cut no, no, Chase? No. i'm on episode no. six again this is what i want my legacy to be when people are looking through the episodes what the fuck episode wait i thought i already did episode 10 and i just want them to get confused and figure it out so they will eventually hopefully Hopefully, maybe I'll maybe I'll make the fucking top ten again. But okay, so it was a fantastic movie. Uh, it's going down as one of the all-time fucking best, and, and I agree with Jerry when he says that this is gonna be fucking huge on a lot of different levels. Um, obviously financially, yeah, because of the fact that you know it's gonna provide a lot more horror horror movies to be greenlit. But at the same time, hopefully that will be quality over quantity. This is Tuesday night, and you are listening to the Skeleton Crew. have it guys really great it 2017 review from dan and jerry great compliment to the review we did on the last show it was a great uh, extension and uh rounds things out so guys we hope you enjoyed the black cat 1934 review with boris karloff and bella lugosi are you in a classic horror movie mode because we are so we've been wrapping things up as we close out this show for this year and forever. Like I said, 2017 Halloween is the final show of the Skeleton Crew. So we started doing classic horror. If you're in that mode, check out Skeleton Crew show number 68, where we reviewed Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Bride of Frankenstein. Show number 69, where we reviewed Son of Frankenstein and the Wolfman. Check out show number 70, where we reviewed Ghost of Frankenstein, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, and Son of Dracula. All of those classic reviews dropped in October of 2013. In 2014 October, we picked things back up with the Abbott and Costello Meet the Skeleton Crew, where we reviewed Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, The Killer, The Invisible Man, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and The Mummy. When the old crew got back together for show number 126, we reviewed The Creature from the Black Lagoon, and show number 127, we reviewed The Invisible Man. You just heard show number 142, where we reviewed The Black Cat. Next show, 143, we are going to review House of Frankenstein and House of Dracula to tie up all the loose ends of the classic Universal Monsters review from the Skeleton Crew. So guys, do whatever you can. Check those movies out because there is a lot to say and they are going to be really fun shows. Don't miss out. Those are going to be really fun shows. We're asking Jerry to come back for that show too. So it's it's guaranteed to be lots of fun. So guys, look out for show number 143 where we review House of Frankenstein and House of Dracula. This is Alex. Next show, 
begins the farewell month of October. It should be a very interesting few shows. Have a good night, and we'll see you when September ends. Or after it ends. You know what I mean.